to Supergirl Radio Rebirth, your source for the DC comic series called Supergirl Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number 12, which was written by Steve Orlando with art penciled by Robson Rocha, I think is how you say that, and inked by Daniel Henriquez. Henriquez? Uh, these are some very difficult names. Uh, to pronounce. I've probably butchered both of them. Uh, the description for Supergirl number 12 reads, quote, Emerald Eradication Part 1. Emerald Empress's attack on Supergirl begins as her new Fatal Five assembles. Empress's plan to destroy Supergirl's present to preserve her future goes into full swing as Supergirl tries to hold her own, but soon even her abilities are out of her control, unquote. Oh, Morgan. So it's been quite some time. <laughs> yeah, and we and we left off on a cliffhanger, which I didn't remember until I uh, started this issue and was like, oh, right, because Cat Grant shot her. Yes. So <laughs> not only did I forget the cliffhanger of Cat Grant shooting Supergirl, I f- completely forgot that this version of Cat Grant had red hair. I also, I also even forgot that the character of Cameron Chase was even in this series. I forgot that, too. You know what I didn't forget, Rebecca? What? Why doesn't Eliza Danvers have a hand? That's one thing that I don't think we'll, we will ever forget. I'm not sure we're ever going to get an answer to that one. We're never going to get an answer because why? Why, why? why would you Why would you tell people why Eliza Danvers is missing a hand? It's just a mystery. You might as well just keep it going. Just keep us asking these questions. <laughs> <laughs> so those things stick out in my memory. Uh, missing hands. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's a Supergirl radio thing. We have this weird fascination with missing hands. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's like um, they're telling us that Snapper is going to show up eventually. Mm. Maybe foreshadowing a little, a nice little foreshadowing there. Maybe Eliza could get like you know a robot hand and teleportation abilities by snapping her fingers. I could, I could be into that. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so completely forgot about uh, a lot of stuff that was happening in Rebirth, which means we should maybe be more consistent with this series, <laughs> <laughs> just slightly. So we're we're catching up on Rebirth. We're getting back into it. Uh, the hiatus is giving us a chance uh, to uh, look into the comics now that the show is taking a break. So, Morgan, uh, Supergirl yes. number 12, what did you think as we get back into Rebirth? What What are your thoughts about uh, the story and what, what was going on with uh, Supergirl? I liked, like, coming back into the story. I had forgotten, like you, like you, I had forgotten most everything um (laughs) so some of it was uh was me just trying to remember like where we had left off with everything um because i think you know this is this was is clearly the beginning of a new story arc so it was like a kind of a nice point to jump on um i don't know how i feel about the lady with the floating eyeball um, negatively, I think. <laughs> Emerald Empress. Yes. <laughs> so we we briefly talked about her in uh, listener feedback in one of our episodes recently. I remember someone had suggested that Emerald Empress come onto the CW Supergirl series. 
And uh, I think that maybe that stemmed from Rebirth or just the general Emerald Empress knowledge that the listener had. But um, but I think this was a good example of how Emerald Empress could be brought into a Supergirl story. Um, I actually really liked seeing the the Fatal Five and Emerald Empress and how she was sort of manipulating things. So I um, one of my questions for you. Because I didn't fully know the answer to this. Okay. Do you think, so there are two Cat Grants at the beginning of this issue. Yes. There's one who shoots Supergirl off the balcony. And then there's one who is having her big launch of her new app. Uh, she's she's telling people about her app in front of the press and all these people. Uh, so what's going on there? Do you think Emerald Empress was creating a vision or an illusion of some kind, some something involving magic to trick Supergirl, or wh- what do you think is going on there? So I don't know anything about Emerald Empress except that I find her floating eyeball to be very disturbing. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so is that like a power that she has to be able to create illusions? I see, I don't, I don't know that much about her either. Uh, but in issue eleven. When we see Cat Grant shoot Supergirl, there's green on the gun. Like, there's, like, green around it. But in this issue, there's, like, a purpley stuff that, like, purple smoke that's coming out of the gun. So Hmm. I don't know if if there's an intentional discoloration there or if I'm reading too much into it. But I initially, I remember when I was reading Supergirl number 11, I was like, oh, I bet Emerald Empress is in control of this. But then they don't really clarify that in Supergirl number 12. So I was really kind of confused. I figured that the real Cat Grant was at the press conference or the presentation Yeah, or that, that's what I figured as well. Um, so I, I think that, that that Cat Grant that shot her was either like some magic thing or an illusion or maybe somebody using a like a cloaking spell and pretending to be Cat Grant. Yeah, I, I think there was something happening there. Because the, the Fatal Five, this whole issue, is talking about how they need to get rid of Supergirl because she's the one that takes them down. So they they want to get ahead of it and destroy Supergirl so that she doesn't have the opportunity to do it. So I, I imagine that the Fatal Five is somehow responsible for what's going on with Supergirl. Yeah, I feel like I have some questions about the Fatal Five in that the only one that I recognize is Indigo. I got really excited when I saw Indigo. I was like, yes, Indigo. And then she's like basically not in anything. Um, but I, I don't know. So Emerald Empress has that uh, floating uh, eye that mm-hmm. I don't like. Right. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then one of the guys appears to be I want to say a zombie. Yeah. Uh, full, uh, a, a, a zombie with a first name and a last name. Um, so <laughs> he's not just like a one name uh, like everybody else. Yeah. Solomon Grundy is a pretty famous uh, villain. He's normally associated with Superman and Batman. Uh, I mostly associate him with Batman stuff. But uh, he, I'm, when I was kind of doing a real quick look at his history, he was first introduced as a villain for Green Lantern, which is something oh. I didn't know. The Alan Scott Green Lantern. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't. I've never associated him with Green Lantern. So, um, yeah, he's 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 basically kind of like a resurrected body zombie kind of thing. Okay, so I was reading that correctly, and he yes. is like a zombie. Okay, so then there's. 
Magog, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yes. Um, I don't have like a good impression of him, but I do like saying his name. <laughs> yeah. Because it's fun. <laughs> yes. Lots of cheese in that name. Magog. Yeah. Um, and then Selena, who um, appears to just be wearing uh, Jennifer Lopez's like <laughs> Grammy dress. I cannot imagine the amount of double-sided tape she needs just to get through a day. I mean, it's a good thing that she has magical powers. <laughs> Magic is the only thing that um, that explains that outfit, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, she has a very interesting wardrobe choice. She's. I think she's based off of, and of course you have not seen this movie, so we're going to have to watch it at some point uh <laughs> supergirl the movie uh faye dunaway's character in that movie is selena and so i think oh. that she's based oh, of course faye dunaway's character does not look like that i was gonna be like it was faye dunaway wearing an outfit like that because wow nothing quite <laughs> to that extent uh so that that is the look that they have chosen for her in in rebirth uh, so it does it does uh stick out as uh, as something very um, uh, questionable, I guess, uh, <laughs> uh, for me. Uh, but yeah, Indigo is there, and uh, she looks really cool, but she doesn't do anything. The, the rest of them actually do some things, like Selena goes uh, to, to visit Cat, Emerald Empress messes with Cameron Chase, Magog, and, and uh, kind of sets Solomon Grundy loose. So they all do something. So I'm I'm now wondering what Indigo's purpose is. Like, what is she going to be doing? Yeah, I, I was. I'm I'm hoping that in the next issue she gets more to do because you're right. Everybody is like, like introducing themselves. Indigo, Magog, and they, they all have like their names next to them. So just in case you don't know, like I don't. And then and then you got Indigo, and I was like, yeah, Indigo. And then she just she's literally in this one panel and then disappears. <laughs> yeah, that's like it. she 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 comes out for like the stroll. Like we're the Fatal Five. My name's Selena. My name's Indigo. And then Indigo's like, bye. (laughs) She just pieces out of the rest of this book. (laughs) Well, she did help Magog with the stuff that they use on Solomon Grundy to make him his body change. So there's that. But you don't see her. You just kind of hear the exposition. She's just given an assist. (laughs) Right, right, right. So, um, so there is that. So, with with everything that's going on with Kara, she's her her powers are getting out of control. She's she's having trouble helping save the day because you know her heat vision's going crazy. She's breaking glass. Um, she's even having some trouble at school. What did you think about what uh, Supergirl was going through? Yeah, I I liked her having her powers a little out of control. That scene in the school where she just like breaks the floor. I don't know if she, I, see, I would have used, I would have been like, oh my God, a sinkhole. Yeah. But she was just kind of like, I don't know how this happened. I think Ben does talk about how they renovated that part of the school or something. So the, there's some sort of justification for the floor collapsing. But I did kind of laugh about that, that, that nobody seemed to really question Oh, the floor gave way underneath her. And also, I think her classmates are jerks now because everybody's like Snapchatting her like falling into the abyss. Nobody's helping her out of that sinkhole. Yeah, those kids are the worst. Yeah, way to way to help, kids. <laughs> but it's funny because um, during that scene, I, again, because I've forgotten everything, how much does Ben know? Does he know her secret identity? I had a question about that too. And since <laughs> it had been a been a while, I went back to listen to our previous episodes leading up to this, like the last couple of issues. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think that he knows. Because it seems like heavily implied that he knew something, right? Yeah, and I read it that way too. Because that, that, that conversation that they have at the school after he helps her out. Because he was that one kid who helped her <laughs> out of that. Uh, who wasn't just Instagramming her Yes, <laughs> who was actually trying to help her. Um, it did seem to uh, suggest that maybe he at least suspected something. Because he's like... Uh, yeah, uh, what does he say? Oh, she says that her her speaking in Kryptonian or whatever, I I guess, is what she did when she got out of there. And and he's like, you sounded like you were speaking in tongues. And she says, uh, you know, I must have been rambling, got hit with a migraine. Uh, and they make it hard to think. And he says, a headache never broke the floor. And he he even says to her, like, I was covering for you. Yes. If you saw somebody in a sinkhole in the middle of the floor, would you assume that they were the ones who broke it? Like, that's why I was like, oh, does he know her secret identity? I... Because I don't know why you would jump to that conclusion that somehow this little teenage girl has broken the floor. (laughs) Up until this point, they've been competitors for that Young Innovators program. He went with Supergirl and Batgirl to the Phantom Zone. They had that adventure and they came out of it and now there's this issue. So I don't I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. If anyone is listening to this and they're like a million issues ahead of us because we're so behind. Someone is screaming right now. Someone is fussing at us because they know the answer to this this quandary that we have. But I don't I don't think so. I don't think he knows at this point. So that is weird. I was confused and I couldn't decide if it was just the story was confusing or if it would just had been so long since I had read an issue that I completely forgot like important things I should know. It could be, it could be both. It could be both, (laughs) honestly. Um, But I, I think this, this issue feels like even, even with the, the questions of have we forgotten things? I, (laughs) I seem to recall that a lot of things that happened in this issue have been building up over time. Like the Fatal Five has been slowly coming together. They introduced Selena a while back. They had Magog uh, a little while back. Um, some of these characters have been woven into the story, and even the stuff with Ben has been leading up to a certain point. So I think this issue did a really good job of actually bringing everything that the the Supergirl issues have been building up, it sort of all brought them all together. So I was actually glad to see that, you know, we're, we're getting to a place where everything might start to make sense if we, if we actually could remember things. <laughs> if, if our memories were helping us out here, I think it would uh, read a lot smoother. One of the things I really liked, though, was when she goes to talk to her father in, like, the DEO headquarters. So what did you think about that? Because I was a little confused about why she... So, well, I guess not confused. That, that's not the right word. I just, I didn't know. I mean, I liked it. I liked that she went to go talk to her father because I like that she hasn't given up on him. I think that's very admirable of her to keep trying with him because he went crazy. Yeah, a little bit. He did some bad things. I do remember that. I may not remember (laughs) a lot about Supergirl Rebirth. I do remember there were robots. I want to say robots. There He was reanimating corpses uh, as uh, cyborg robot things. Uh, so that was not cool. So I, I just, I thought it was a little, I guess what I'm trying to say is 
I thought it was the wrong choice for Kara to go talk to her father because she, even at the beginning of the issue, when she's falling out of the balcony, she's like, oh, I should tell Jeremiah and Eliza about this. And then she doesn't go talk to them. And when she goes to visit her father, she's like, I can't talk to them because they've never experienced anything like this. So do you do you think that visiting her father was the, the right choice? No, I also don't think it was the right choice. Um, I She does talk about how she can't talk to Jeremiah and Eliza. And I was like, I feel like they're going to give you some better advice than um, the, <laughs> the like your your floating um, your floating dad who what, I mean has like a little uh, he's got some stuff to work out <laughs> yeah a little, a little bit uh, he's got some things bit. he can work on he's, yeah you know it's a no one's perfect but he's maybe more imperfect uh, <laughs> so yeah no I mean I liked it in the in the that like you you mentioned like this issue brought a lot of the storylines that we've already seen from the, the series uh, like kind of around and weave them together. And um, that storyline with her father was the major driver of the beginning of the, of uh, this run of Supergirl. So I like that they brought that back. I don't think that the, you know, I feel like there are better places to go for advice. I like that she's not giving up on her father, but you know, maybe also talk to somebody who is going to talk back to you and is not um, currently living in a test tube. Yeah, and, and maybe he will eventually start talking to her. She she even says in the issue, like, I know you can hear me, but you're choosing not to say anything. So maybe one day he, well, maybe he's changed. Maybe this whole experience and him being rejuvenated in that water tube healing thing, uh, maybe that will uh, give him some new perspective. And he can stop being evil. Uh, maybe that will, will help clear his head of some of those things that he uh, chose to do in the past. But I I would have liked to have seen her uh, deal with some of these issues with Jeremiah and Eliza. Because that seemed to be her first instinct that she was going to tell them. And then at the end, she chose not to. And I, I just thought that was strange. I was like, why, why did you change your opinion on that? I, I didn't understand that. Um, I also wanted to talk about Cat Grant in this issue because we we saw some Cat Grant. She was doing some things. Uh, she had some visitors. Uh, Morgan, what did you think about Cat uh, Grant and what was what was going on with her in this one? So obviously, she's now officially launching her uh, journalism was like community journalism portal. And when we get, we don't get a lot of her in this issue, but. Who is it that goes to see her? Is it Selena? Yes. Her, like, complete lack of interest in, like, <laughs> somebody in an insane outfit attacking her is, uh, it felt very Cat Grant to me. Like, she's like, uh, hold on. <laughs> and then she makes fun of her boots, which, like, yeah, that's a lot of boot, uh, considering how little, uh, all the rest of the, her outfit yes. is. Like, she has, she has she, more she boots invested- than everything. Yeah, she invested in those boots, but not in the rest of her clothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did enjoy that Kat Grant, was. she's on the phone, she's fussing at somebody, and this, like, magical being shows up in her her swank apartment, uh, which I'm guessing is in downtown National City, like, in some skyscraper somewhere. She has a swank apartment, and this magical being shows up, and she's like, 
Ugh, this is such an inconvenience. Um, I really enjoyed that about Cat uh, Grant in this issue. She had some pretty good digs that I, I think this for me, this was the first issue that I felt like Steve Orlando really captured the voice of Cat Grant. Um, before it was just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't really feel like Cat Grant was Cat Grant until this issue because she's <laughs> she has a couple of lines that I thought were so Cat Grantish. She at one point she says, uh, and when she's at her presentation of her her big launch of her new app, she says, "I know many of you thought this project would be a disaster. I saved the emails." Uh, I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoyed that so much uh, because she just uh, seemed like she she was ready to uh, throw it in somebody's face if uh, if they questioned her about that and uh, she she didn't let Selena bother her when she was in uh, when she came to visit her home and she didn't seem to be afraid and I thought that that was really great so I, I think that Steve Orlando really. He got the cat grantness of the character in this issue, and I was really pleased to see that. Yeah, I really liked her in this issue. Yeah, even though we didn't get a lot of her, what we did get of her was was great. Oh, should we talk about like his uh, motive for doing all this crazy stuff? There was something about was it like a prophecy or something? Yeah, it seems like they they know that Supergirl is supposed to come and. Uh, destroy them at some point and so they're they're trying to so and i think the prophecy is done by saturn girl and i don't know much about that i I remembered hearing that saturn girl had shown up in rebirth at some point but it i don't think it was in the supergirl issues i think i think it was in some other series so i don't know exactly what that's all about if any listeners can point us to that i would love that um but it sounds like um Saturn Girl gave uh, Emerald Empress some sort of vision uh, that was was about how Supergirl was going to destroy her in the future. So that's why they're getting together and trying to figure out a way to stop her. Yeah, I was a little confused by by that because I just didn't feel like I had the background in like what was happening to really understand. I mean, I feel like they, they'll probably give us more about that in upcoming issues, but I kind of felt just a little lost. Yeah, Magog talks about it like it's very personal for him. He says, you know, my family died while the Justice League fought Darkseid, and um, that the Emerald Empress showed him the future, and that all of his his descendants, everybody in his line is going to die at the hands of Supergirl. Um, so I'm very curious where that's going to lead because I, I guess we'll see that future at some point that, that maybe the story is heading towards that um, because I don't know if they're going to be able to prevent it from happening. I, I assume that it will take some form even if even if they're trying to prevent it. I assume that, that something will happen where she will obviously stop them at some point in the future. I don't know if she'll like destroy them as in kill them, but I think she'll probably stop them. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious is to see, to see how that plays out in the end and where that's, where this story is going to go. Um, so let's talk about the art really quickly. Cause uh, this is a new artist that, uh, that I don't think I had uh, been introduced before uh the art was penciled by robson rocha and uh it was inked by daniel 
Um, this is a tough name. I should have tried to figure <laughs> out how to pronounce this before we got on the mics. Uh, Enriquez, that's how I'm choosing to say it. Um, so this, this artist, these artists were, uh, new to me. So what, what did you think? Did you have any, um, favorite panels or pages in this one? Um, I think my favorite page was their, um, Fatal Five intro page where they're like, it's us, the Fatal Five. And then they've got, and the Fatal Five is like in this like really intense font. And then there's like, ex- like introducing, I felt like a, like a, like a boy, like a boy band or something. <laughs> <laughs> the cute one, <laughs> the zombie. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a really great page because it's a big full page and um, it has a lot of different colors in there. And I, I like that Emerald Empress, of course, is green because uh, she should be because Emerald is a green color. Um, but it, it showcases all of them very well and, and makes sure that you know who those characters are, even if you aren't familiar with them. I, I think it does a good job of doing that. I don't know about you, but I think what stood out to me in this art is how good the hair looked. Everybody's hair oh, yeah. looks so good. That's true. It, even it's funny I, when we were going through and talking about the um, the little Ben and Kara storyline. I was thinking, was Ben's hair always like that? Like, was Ben's hair always so good looking? <laughs> These artists just really can can make hair stand out and look great. The hair game is on point in this issue. <laughs> I mean, I was really wowed by the hair. From, I mean, immediately um, from I think the I mean just the cover page. By itself, uh, just amazing hair. Supergirl's hair looks great. Um, even even Cat Grant's hair looking great. I was just, I mean, I could talk about the hair in this issue <laughs> for a long All time day. because everybody's hair just looked phenomenal. The hair was always flowing and moving. And it really gives you a sense of like the movement of the characters. I feel like yes, especially like there's and that page when um, Selena comes into Cat Grant's apartment. There's a lot of wind and it's flowing, and even when Supergirl's falling out of the balcony, uh, you know those kinds of things. I think do make a difference because for me it puts. It puts me in that scene, especially the the pages, uh, the panels where Supergirl's falling out of out of the balcony. There's I, there's a real sense of motion in her falling out. Um, so I really liked all of that. Um, I really did like this uh, this cover of this issue because it's it's basically Super Supergirl being shot with like a look like a kryptonite bullet, and there's blood around the S shield, and it, it's pretty gruesome. But I, I really liked. Uh, the way that that sort of captured the intensity of what was ha- going to happen to Supergirl in this one. Um, and it, it, it's even kind of gross because it looks like Supergirl is shot and it almost looks like she slides down the wall because there's like a blood trail on the... It's it's pretty gross, but it, 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 <laughs> it gave a real intriguing, almost concerning vibe even before I started reading. Um, there's even like a shadowy figure over there kind of standing over her so i was like this this cover you know if if that's the cover then something good is inside so i i was i was in it to win it uh just from the cover um the other thing that i thought was really interesting i don't know if you think this but um there's a a bottom panel on page five and i don't know about you but cat grant looks a lot like Michelle Pfeiffer to me in that panel. Ooh, hold on. Let me look. I don't know if it's just me. It could be just me. But she was No, given, I see it. She was giving off a real oh, wow. yeah, Michelle I really Pfeiffer see it. <laughs> vibe. 
I was like, all right, I can, I can, uh, I can, I can do that. You know, Michelle Pfeiffer with red hair. I can see it. I can see it. So I was not expecting that. And I was like, is that Cat Grant or is that Michelle Pfeiffer? Um, so I thought that that was really interesting. Um, but I, I, you know, just the use of the emerald, emerald eye and emerald empress with all the green, um, even the emerald, uh, emerald empress dialogue was in green. I thought that was really clever. <laughs> um, the, the use of close-ups and the sound effects when Kara's powers and especially like her super hearing was going out of control. I thought that, that was really effective because it put me in that position where I had to imagine myself if I was Kara in this moment, what would that be like? And so I thought that the the way that that was used in conjunction, you know, of the of the visuals and the the sound effects, I thought were really good. And I thought the last page with the cliffhanger of Supergirl coming face to face with Solomon Grundy, I thought was amazing because Solomon Grundy is literally ripping and tearing up the streets. Yes, it, it seems bad, and also I feel like it's never a good sign when you refer to yourself in the third person. And so a giant just yelling his own last name is not a good scene. <laughs> Things are going to be rough for Supergirl in the next uh, in the next story because she's going to have to deal with that. <laughs> so I, I did think that that was very menacing that there is this big giant zombie in front of her who has concrete in his hands. Uh, so uh, given that Supergirl's powers are a little out of control that could be dangerous. So I, I really enjoyed the the art in this issue. I thought it was fantastic. Um, but so your overall thoughts getting back into Rebirth, uh, all, the, all the story points and the art, what, what did you think about this issue? It was nice to jump back into Rebirth. It had, it's been a while. <laughs> too long. It's been too long. And I've forgotten a lot of what's going on in Rebirth. So it was nice to get like a refresher um, I still wish there was more, I don't know, I just still wish there was more, I guess, I don't want to say place setting, but I, I kind of wish we got more into the characters that are the main characters in Rebirth, um, because I still feel like we don't know very much about almost anyone uh, besides Kara. Yeah. Like, we don't know a lot about Jeremiah or Eliza or the D.E.O., or even that much about, I think the most fleshed out character is probably Ben besides Kara because he was in those Supergirl Batgirl issues, not specifically because he was, you know, we've seen a lot of him in Supergirl. So I, I still just wish that we would get a little bit less, you know, dramatic villains and stuff like that and a little bit more time exploring Supergirl's world. Yeah, I would agree. It, it goes very fast, and it's very action-packed, which is great. But like you, I think some of my favorite parts of Rebirth have been, now that I think back on it, have been the character beats. Like, you know, seeing little Lauren as a little little baby werewolf. No, oh, can they bring him back? I mean, I think we were all uh, all in agreement that more Lauren in <laughs> more order. Kryptonian werewolves. Please, we'll sign up for that. Um, but you know those those kinds of beats, I think, really uh, draw me in, and I I I liked some of the character stuff we got with with Supergirl in this issue with Zorel. Uh, even though he didn't talk back to her, I thought those were good. But like you, I, I would I would enjoy seeing her 
uh, consult with Jeremiah and Eliza and explore that relationship a little more. Because we got a lot of stuff with Zorel and Alora early on, but it and we got some Jeremiah and Eliza stuff, but it wasn't a lot. I mean, we still don't know why she doesn't have that hand. We still don't have an answer for that. <laughs> we we have no backstory on that. Come on, just a little bit. Come on. <laughs> but really, if he gave us, if Steve Orlando gave us an answer now, would it live up to the hype? That's my only concern. I, I'm not sure it would. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only concern. Would the answer be what we want? Maybe some things are just supposed to be a mystery. Our expectations are sky high now. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll have to uh, watch out for that if we do get any Jeremiah and Eliza in the future. But yeah, it is a lot of villains in this issue, which I enjoyed. I'm a villain person, uh, so I did like seeing the villains sort of take control of what was going on. But I, I would agree that more character stuff would be nice to see in future issues. Um, but I think that's uh, going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl number 12. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number 12 is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. And we certainly hope you are not as behind on Supergirl Rebirth as we <laughs> <Yeah>. are. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's funny because it's like, if you haven't bought it yet, it's like we are months and months behind. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're catching up. We're going to get there. It's going to be fine. Uh, so if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio and explain some things that we had questions <laughs> questions on, uh, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. Uh, as always, if you uh, agree or, or disagree with anything that we say on the podcast, you're welcome to send us some feedback if you uh, want to explain some things about uh, what we had questions on. Uh, or if you just want to chat with us about Supergirl, email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can also post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, and now Spotify. You can listen to our episodes there as well as our awesome playlist that includes music featured on the show and about Supergirl. Uh, we are also least listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc-fans. We are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if, you, if you've got some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And if you need any of these links uh, that we have, we've just gone through all <laughs> all of these line items about how to subscribe and listen to us. If, if you need any of those links, you can find them on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. And Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV podcast network so if you also like arrow the flash legends of tomorrow i zombie black lightning krypton titans and classic dc tv shows you you can subscribe to the dc tv podcasts on apple podcasts and follow at dc tv podcasts on twitter and like dc tv podcasts on facebook <laughs> i'm glad you have uh, some humor <laughs> i just it's the like as the more shows go on like the uh the the moment where I need to like take a breath and dive back in like makes me sound like I'm like really angry at the later <laughs> half of the list. And I just want you to know, Titans and Krypton, I'm not angry at you. Nobody has any ill will. None at all. Well, uh, if you want to follow me, you can do that on Twitter at Derby Kid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. I'm also on Instagram at the Derby Kid. Uh, you can watch videos of mine over at youtube.com forward slash duckmilkprod. 
And I am also a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at jluniverse.podomatic.com. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastics, M-O-J-O-T-I-S-T-I-C. And I'm also a co-host of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Um, Legends of Tomorrow, in case you didn't know, has taken over Supergirl's time slot. So if you tried to try to watch Supergirl last week or this week and you're like, what's this show? Listen to our <laughs> podcast instead. <laughs> Just listen to our podcast. <laughs> I like the idea that, that somebody stumbled onto legends of tomorrow i was just so angry like right like what is this if you listen to our podcast you'll know all about it that's right that's right then you'll be less upset (laughs) you won't you won't have to uh to watch the previous episodes you can just jump right in and catch up with the show as it's going. And then you can use Legends of Tomorrow as a way to get through the Supergirl hiatus. Exactly. It's a good show. It's a fun show. And our podcast, I mean, I'm not biased at all, but it's (laughs) a great podcast. (laughs) It it is a great podcast. I'm just worried for the people who might get hooked on Legends of Tomorrow while Supergirl's on the break, and then who might get upset when Supergirl comes back and Legends of Tomorrow is not And then they're going to be like, oh, man, where'd Legends of Tomorrow go? And it's Supergirl. And it's just everybody's always going to be disappointed. Just get yourself prepared for that. <laughs> Prepare for the disappointment. Oh, I guess that's a really terrible way to end the podcast. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's my, that's my uh, like, plug <laughs> for our podcast. It's just like, ah, uh, disappointment. <laughs> always right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. The Legends of Tomorrow podcast is a great podcast. Sincerely, it's a great show. You should listen to it. Um, Well, I think that's going to do it for uh, this episode of Supergirl Rebirth. So thanks for joining us as we read through Supergirl Rebirth.